Welcome everyone once again to another uh, Mediaverse Reality podcast. Uh, I'm here today with Lauren. Uh, hey, Lauren. Hey, James. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing good as, as always. Uh, now, so you are a brand or just a messaging expert. Okay, so I, so I guess what we're going to be talking about is something along the lines of uh, advertising, but sort of how um, companies send the right message for their whatever for whatever reason they're trying to send a message so look instead of me babbling on why don't you just tell me tell us a little bit about like what what do you do well well james i'm a brand messaging strategist a lot of brands out there from the multi-million dollar ones the international ones the mom and pop ones oftentimes they spend too much money in marketing and advertising and in hype And what I do with companies large and small and with a company called the Fish Stewarding Group, we steward to create the the foundation of a message to figure out what what are people really honestly about. Now, if you're not if you don't have the authenticity, if you don't have the authority, this is not a process that you want to go through. But in finding our authenticity today. Different brands, different businesses are are being able to communicate and reach audiences that are tired of being yelled at, told what to do, dominated, sold. I mean, media, as you know, it's we're being screamed at and ordered like we have no minds of our own. So when our messaging honors, engages and respects the audience, then the audience gives our message a chance. Yeah, I mean, I hate advertising so much. Like, like <laughs> me too. Like I think I I hate it more than the average person, especially because I've I'm, I've got a pretty good idea of the tricks that they are using and the manipulation that is going on, right? I know I I'm not I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I've definitely read a lot and I understand advertising quite well, which makes it even more annoying when they continue to try and <laughs> try to sell to me. Uh, I really hate it. But you're saying you want to try to be, you know, really engaging with the audience in a, in a way that is not, in, you know, endlessly, insanely annoying. That's kind of what exactly. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I've been so tired of, and I, I, I was a musician and I was a TV producer before I started doing what I, I do now. So I'm right there in the same boat with you of, of not only being annoyed by it, but saying, okay, I know what you're doing. I get what you're trying to go for. And right now you're offending me. So I'm putting up a wall. I mean, I've, I've had my experience. I, I wonder, James, if you've had the same with any products where in their advertising, it's so immoral. It's so fake that even if their product was good, I wouldn't want to use it. Um, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I mean, <laughs> let, let, let me, I mean, to give a few examples, right? Uh, okay. The best one, the one that there are many adverts that drive me crazy, but Coca-Cola adverts are really, really very annoying. So so the truth about Coca-Cola, right, is that it's a drink that is a sugar-filled drink. You know, it's 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 a cause of obesity, really, if you think about it. Like, it's, it's very, very unhealthy, right? Absolutely. Put it that way. Now, if you look at the commercial, the commercial, obviously, they can't use any facts in their commercial because the drink is is garbage, Right. There's nothing good. <laughs> the actual product is garbage. So what do they do? The commercial is filled with like young people with this beautiful, like clear skin. And they're like dancing around. I saw this one ad for they're dancing around on the beach. They're having a party. And then one girl brings over like a, like a ice bucket of Coca-Cola, right? And they all look so healthy and they're drinking Coca-Cola. And I'm just thinking to myself, this product has nothing to do with what you're showing right now. 
like there's nothing the uh, but what they're doing is they're building an association between coca-cola and just good feelings of happiness and youth right that will that will be in you when you go to the the drinks fridge and you decide what you want you'll be like you know well, i think i just want a coke you know <laughs> and you don't really know why you feel that way but it's because the advert has kind of hit you of that in the past right and it will produce certain feelings so i hate that i really hate that stuff and that's that's i mean that's the cusp and the, the to me the cusp and the anchor of your show this uh, you know what you mentioned about media versus reality it's the negative psychological effects even though we're being made to feel good about coca-cola and i don't drink it my wife doesn't drink it i don't give it to my daughter even though they're using negative tactics, it makes people feel this false sense of good and then they go out and buy it. They don't wanna take care of their weight. They don't wanna, I mean, well, we can't make those assumptions, but right now, wherever they're at and wherever their mindset is, it is companies like Coca-Cola that set up that negative psychological effect. They, they go into the mind and we're gonna make you feel better and you're gonna associate and, and vicariously see this as something that's going to make you better, even though, like you said, it's crap. It's, it's carbonated yeah. water, sugar, and, and flavors. <laughs> that, that's right. Uh, and we are marketed so, because it, it's really funny because um, so many people, if you ask them, do you think you know, advertising works on you? Do you think that it's effective on you? They'll all say no. Right? No, no, I don't care about those adverts. <laughs> right? That's what they will say. Ah, those adverts don't affect me. I'm too mentally tough, you know, for them to break through to my brain. It's like, no, I mean, in my opinion, I would say that advertising works on everyone, basically. That That's kind of how I see it. I think even me, um, especially that kind of like that um, emotional advert like that, I think it's even having a, an effect on myself, uh, no matter what, I think. But see, you, you show yourself differently than the majority of people. When you walk in or any of your listeners, when they walk in the humility of saying, you know what? I think this is affecting us, that allows it to affect us less. After a lot of years, and I worked on some reality TV shows, and we would put together a story, and we would leak the story in a way so it seemed like it wasn't coming from us, it was coming from people. Mm-hmm. And it felt, it felt evil. It felt like, okay, we created a story in a boardroom, and we put it out in a very careful way, and then from there, now people are saying, well, I came up with this and I saw this and I believe this. And it was like, we, we set it up. It was so jam packed with lies. Mm-hmm. And my wife makes a joke. She says, now you use your powers for good. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, walking, walking away from that. And even as you recognize it, and it's, it's identifying, it's educating. It's, I mean, when you look, when, when you have conversations like what you have, when you talk about, you know, the negative effects of, of, of technology, of media, media versus reality. I love the name of your show, by mm-hmm. the way way because not only i mean it's from a brand messaging standpoint it's a great title Mm -hmm. second off it makes you stop and think wait a minute is there a difference maybe there is where am i listening to the subjective the opinions and not taking the time to objectively vet do my due diligence and not just believe the headline or the ad or whatever and so you're, I mean, even in the title that you have alone, you're opening up conversation. And that's part of authentic, true messaging. When you begin to open up, you don't sell someone, you engage them, you invite them to think. Mm-hmm. Now you're truly opening up a dialect, you're opening up engagement, you're opening up conversation. You're not selling them, 
you're inviting them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I think that, I mean, the, basically, when, the way a world works is that everybody has their own bubble. And the only way to actually see outside that bubble is through media, right? That's our that's our method of actually seeing past our immediate friends and family, right? So basically, you're not really in so many different ways. You're you're getting incorrect messages about the world around you, right? In a thousand different ways that you can never you can't even keep up with it. Like how much misinformation you actually have, and some you know some of it is intentional, but most of it is unintentional. You know, just as a, a random example, people have mis- uh, the uh, the wrong information about violence and how violence works, and and what happens when you get in a fight in a bar fight. You know, because they their experience of a bar fight is through movies; it's not through a real bar fight, right? Most people. So there's there are so many different things you can never imagine. You're getting the wrong messages about about, uh, and that's what media versus reality is. It's trying to show you, you know. This is where the media is giving you a false perception of reality. And this is the reality. It's pretty simple, right? Media versus reality. Yeah. It's simple, but you're allowing people in in your podcast, you're allowing people, you're inviting them to hear stories so that they can make a decision on on their own. That differentiates from the average person that's saying, here is a fact, here is this, here is that, and half the time the fact isn't true. You you said it, from media, we read the headline and we don't want to look deeper. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, and and, and in the US, I mean, all, all across the world, there's people will subscribe to a headline. They'll believe something right out of the bat. And even when and I call it, you know, it's it's the cognitive bias. It's the cognitive dissonance of sharing certain things that are proven, that are fact. And because it disrupts the mindset of me, of how media has presented it or how a celebrity has presented it, certain people in in our day and age now, they cannot accept a fact anymore. Mm-hmm. It can't be contradicted. <laughs> yeah there, there is so much there is so much to talk about um but but first of all uh how maybe you can tell us a little bit about I, obviously i don't know if you can give names and whatnot but you know some idea of what kind of projects you've worked on before and what kind of experience you've had because this is the thing that i don't have is i don't work on the inside of the industry right so everything that i'm looking at is from the outside and there's definitely a wall where i can't really see into the insider secrets or anything like that because i'm on the outside of the industry right so what can you tell us about working in this world of, of messaging well, in, inside of this, and a lot of the clients that I work with, the bigger stories, we have our non-disclosures and we have our confidentiality. Yeah. I mean, it really wouldn't make, in, inside of their messaging, it wouldn't make it as strong that I was the storyteller or the person that helped put it together. To simplify what I do, and and, and like you said, the inside story, I will only now, if you, if you have authenticity and you have an authority and there's honor in you, I will work with you or the fish stewarding group will work with you. If that's not there, and we and this is where I differentiate from when I lived in LA and worked in Hollywood. If it's not there, I won't work with a person. I'm not going to create any more any more false stories. I'm not gonna we're not gonna make up situations for something that isn't actually there. Now, inside of real estate, I mean, I'll take an example of a, a larger real estate organization, real estate and and buying land. It it's so forceful. And we took a we took a real estate organization. We turned them into more of an education company. Mm. 
They were educating people about the land buying process, about real estate process, about how to choose an agent. So in their messaging, their shift came from where you're number one, where you're international best, where making all of these false claims to when you go to this phase, when you go to get a loan, when you talk to a bank, when you're getting a home inspection, when you're building, here are things to think about. And inside of them shifting to a resource, as opposed to another one of a million people trying to sell real estate, they were able to up their sales exponentially and with the right people because they shared it in a better way. I mean, it's, it, it turns into the same thing. We have so many people that even, even, the one, even the businesses out there, they're like, we're doing this, we have to do this, we have to follow this model. You being on the outside positions you better to understand what's going on authentically and then how to bring that authenticity into a story. The teams that I put together, many of them are not strategists. They're people that just have a better idea and say, you know what, I'm not sure that's completely true. And I'll invite them in and I'll say, okay, here's a charity that we're working on. What does this sound like to you? What does this feel like? What are the bad experiences that you've had? What are the good experiences that you've had? When we do what I call is a brand discovery, we discover the story about that brand. Where did they waste money in advertising? What did they see? What are they really trying to do? It really turns into learning someone over all these marketing and advertising companies that just try to fit you into a template, spend as much of your money as possible, get you out the door, and they don't care about the conversion, they don't care about the effect. Mm. They're just saying, I mean, it's it's a money-based system. So when we care about a message, when we care about a business, when we care about what we're putting out, that that becomes something that it becomes that much more true and it becomes something that people can't you know they can't take down yeah there is definitely like you said a template right because there are so there are so many advertising is all the same right or the messaging is is so similar to each other wherever you go there's this template that everybody uses and i understand why they use the same template is because there's a lot of money at stake here Right. They're trying. To, the company is trying to decide how are they going to advertise and what you know what message are they going to put out. And you don't. I guess a lot of companies don't really want to take any chances with that amount of money, so they kind of stick to the tried and true, tested formula or whatever, and they kind of use the same as the other. You know, like I said, the real estate. They'll just say, well, you know, we are number one real estate in uh, in Texas or whatever. You know, the same thing you've seen with all the other companies, right? Uh, but then I like what you said about you're focusing on educating the customer. That's a different message, right? To just, um, what's the word? Proclaiming that we're the best. But instead, you have a different message, which is we are going to educate you and help you through the process of what buying a house or buying an apartment or whatever. So, yeah, that sounds really good because it sounds like it's like we're in our, in our world, we have to buy and sell products right? and we have to advertise. Um, everybody the 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 whole uh a whole society wouldn't work if we didn't advertise but that doesn't mean that advertising has to be so goddamn annoying right and the companies right. have to be such liars like maybe all that stuff maybe isn't necessary maybe you could have a friendly adver- advertiser and like a, a company that was actually trying to help you you know that would be amazing 
And that can make you feel, I mean, that can make you feel better. It's, it's There's so many, and I'm sure you see them. They're the business coaches and the life coaches and the success coaches. They scream from the mountaintops about how to become successful. And yet in, the, in what they scream and in the advertisements that they have, they only can share one level of success. I was on 700 albums as a musician. I worked with all these shows. I've worked with all these companies. None of that matters. What matters is I dealt with 700 different budgets, 700 different personalities. I mean, when people when people call me up and say, I want to work with you because you work on this project, I'm like, I was a drummer on that more than 20 years ago. You want to work on messaging where because I work with someone famous, I say, I don't want to work with you. Now, when people begin to when people begin to feel a shift, when they feel a story, when they feel when they when they hear something come through Facebook or Twitter or a podcast and it calms them down. It makes them not feel sold and they're learning about a product. They engage. We, 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 we advertise Coca-Cola, all these big companies, they advertise to someone where it's, we want you to go out right now, drop what you're doing, forget your family and go get this. Mm. When we market like we're supermarket shoppers where it's somebody needs to see something a few times Somebody needs to grow trust. You're, I mean, like I, one of my things, my pet peeves, your number one trusted resource. I've never heard of you before and now you're telling me how uh-huh. I'm supposed to feel. Yeah. Don't tell me how I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's patronizing, you know. It is. That's, that's it, how, it, 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 yeah, yeah, that, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's how, that's the, that, when it comes down to that's how I've always felt about adver- adverts. I felt like they're also patronizing. Like, you're lying to me and you're telling me how to feel. Like, I, I, there's, okay, so I, I think there's, there's two, there's a new kind of advertising coming in. Like, online adver- advertising is, is, what am I trying to say here? Like, like I, I've bought people off, think people, I bought products of people on YouTube before, right? Now, these people did not do any kind of hard sell. They didn't make any crazy claims. I just watched their content for, you know, many months at a time, right? And then after deciding, after building trust with them, um, they they would stick a product in there like, this is my ebook and... Uh, you know, you can you can buy this on my on my website for twenty dollars, whatever. And I, I bought it, you know, because I've been watch following this person for a long time, and they seem really genuine. And they they're not doing a hard sell; they're just sticking in their product at the end of like a ten minute video where they've provided value to me for ten minutes, right? And then at the end, they they've got an ebook that like, you can buy if you like. And and this this is I think this is going to be the new way in the future, maybe of of uh, the new kind of uh, advertising like this, where it's it's more long form, like it, uh, you know, after you people give a lot of content, and then at the end they might try to sell you something instead of like a thirty second advert where they try to tell you to go and buy something today. Uh, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly it, James. And I mean, you're 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 hitting on ex- on my on my belief set. Mm-hmm. I I believe that. If we start with sharing, if we start with the content, if if we just open up and then at the very end, by the way, here's this, mm-hmm. or if you want more, then it's it's engaging. It engages the three audiences that are out there. If we, just like what you said there, if we share content, if we share a video, a podcast, a picture, a quote, whatever, we say what, what this makes us feel, why we shared it, <clears throat> 
that connects to the people that already know us. <coughs> it connects to the people that may have heard of us in passing, and it may connect us to someone that's never heard of us. And then in the close for the person that's already bought from us, they can just tune it out because they got what they needed for someone that hasn't bought. They see it, then they can make the choice and they don't feel pressured. And that's where you retain the audience as opposed to opening up by going, if you sign up right now, click here for the free thing, my best selling book, my this, my that, my product, this, this will change your life. Hmm. We can be true and market much better with an authentic message than just sitting there and saying, how many ways can we sales funnel? How can I get your email so I can get you on an email list? Or, you know, I mean, it's like somebody follows you on Twitter and then, or somebody follows one of those salespeople on Twitter. The first message they get is, don't forget to follow me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I just took a chance on you. And now you're, I'm I'm taking a chance on you because I chose to follow you on Twitter. And the first thing I get from you is don't forget to follow me somewhere else. I'm now unfollowing you on Twitter and I don't want to know you. Yeah. So, so I love what you're saying. Okay. But I I have an issue to, to bring up here. Okay. So this kind of new kind of marketing, which is very, very helpful. It's not in your face and all that sounds fantastic. Right. But it seems to me that. I mean, is it more effective? Like, do you make more pro- Because it seems to me that the biggest companies in the world are, are, are companies like McDonald's and, and Coca-Cola who are selling faster, fast satisfaction, right? And the people who are the most successful on YouTube are the ones who are, who are showing you their private jets and their beautiful girls and telling you how you can get fast success, Right. I know, I think what you're talking about is great for what you might call the smart marks, right? People like me, because I'm so smart. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, like people who are, who are a bit, bit more like intelligent, but I don't, I don't think this is the majority of people. Like, I think the majority of people are still getting sucked in and still falling for the same old get rich quick or fast satisfaction claims. Because otherwise they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. You know, I think, I think that there's a way where you can appeal to the, the majority, you know, like whatever you want to call them, the, the sheep in the, of the world, right? Like there are many people that will, that are not really thinking very much. And, and if you tell them, you know, this book will get you rich within 20 days, then they'll go ahead and they'll buy it because that's, they just don't think. And I think maybe you can actually make more money like that. What do you think? Is that true? I I see your point. I see it very clearly. Yeah. My view on that, the sheep will go where the sheep will go. Yeah. But my my thought is people are tired as a whole of the attacks that have been on them. And just as we went to the influencers that have no influence whatsoever, they're just popular. Yeah. And we went to celebrities telling us things and not proven I, I feel, and, it, and, and this model of authentic messaging may not be for everyone, but I feel better and I feel younger doing this and connecting with people over, over using the, that sheep model. Yes, it would be cheaper, it would be faster, it would be easier to, to, to push that out, but also is that where people, um, people want to be? 
Mm-hmm. Is that where people, I mean, I'm, I've watched more people inside of this messaging, and especially since the coronavirus has hit, where people were saying, yeah, I, I kind of like what you're saying. I don't think I really want to do that. Well, you know, I've got this marketing campaign. Well, I don't really want, know if I want to say that. Mm-hmm. To now, you know, it's, it's changing. Mm-hmm. Tides of people, they don't want to be scared. They don't want to be told what to do, what to feel, what to buy. So I do believe that this is catching, um, catching steam and it will, it will continue to grow. Is it the fast mark for the people that want to be millionaire, billionaires overnight and do as much selling? It might not fit for them. It might not be the best fit. But from the standpoint of doing honorable, moral, authentic business, it feels really good. And that feeling with people that are so tired of Coca-Cola and real estate and food and books and, oh, you know, any anything where you're being told false facts and just being pressured, there is a connection and there's a conversion to people that want to see, you know, just honor succeed. And yes, it's going to be in the smaller amounts. But even, I mean, even though we have the ambulance chasing lawyers over here, you have the lawyer ads that are on TV all all day. And yet there are a couple lawyers that are slowly saying, you know what, I'm going to give you a tip. Whether you call me or not, I'm going to, I'm going to spend 20 seconds of, of my television time telling you something that you need to know. Then I'm going to take the last 10 seconds saying, if you're in this situation and you need more, here's where I am. And to me, that's a lawyer that I'm going to call over the, we're the best lawyers. We're going to sue everybody. We're going to do this. I do believe this is catching on. It, it's, it's the tight. And, and then at the same time, it's what type of audience do you want to want to attract? Do you need to be a billionaire? Wouldn't, wouldn't you feel better in representing your business, your brand, your family in marketing with honor? Or would you really want to go to bed every night with with your family, with with your you know facing your children? I I I would love to say this to so many advertisers. Could you face your daughter or son and tell them exactly what you do? I have a four year old daughter, and I am more than proud every night for her to know what I do. She comes into my home office daily. She asks about the different projects. I. I read lines to her and see what, you know, like different lines that we're putting together and organizing stories. I have no problem with that. I think I think that there's honor, authenticity and morals are coming back in advertising. And it might be to a smaller market at first, but it sure feels a lot better than the hype and the BS. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Um, So so when I was something like 20 years old you know just sort of starting to sort of understand what the world was about right i mean i studied media uh school so i was kind of very early to to kind of be paying attention to this stuff at all and the feeling that i got coming into the world the adult world was like there's so much bullshit you know that like there's so much lies and Everywhere I looked, there was just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit everywhere. Like on the news, on advertising, you know, even on the internet, you know, on websites, or just constant bullshit everywhere. Okay, I don't can't think that's that's the best way to put it. And to be honest, it was really quite depressing. Like that that was the world, you know. Um, yep. And it makes a lot of people really think look da- think bad about capitalism in general when that's what you see as cap this is what business is it's lies it's misinformation and it's bullshit 
And this this could have, you know, and this is why a lot of people these days are really very negative about capitalism because they're so, because that's what they see in the world, you know? And that's how I felt for quite a while. I, I, I sort of had felt very negatively about business in general and capitalism in general. And I, you know, I was, I was thinking more towards we need some kind of complete revolution or something like socialism or something because this, what we have, it just seemed like so bad. Like they're selling us food that makes you sick. You know, they are trying to take my money at every possible way. You know, in so many different ways. I mean, for an example, I don't know if you know what a dark pattern is. Have you heard of yes. a dark, right? So, so for just as an easy example, you go on Amazon and you, Amazon Prime, whatever, and you try to discontinue your, your subscription. Now, the button to discontinue your subscription is nowhere to be found, right? You have to go to like options, settings, uh, your, your Amazon and then you scroll to the bottom and there'll be a very small button saying something like uh something misle- <laughs> misleading like uh, w- would you like to uh you know discontinue continuing or would you like to not discontinue would you like to not continue your amazon you know something really misleading yeah. and that can confuse you and then you'll say yes and it'll say are you sure you want to do this we have an offer this way no i want to cancel it uh, and it, it takes so long to try to cancel your subscription. And these things, these dark patterns are everywhere. Um, and it's felt, it felt like everybody was trying to take my money all the time. Um, and, I, and I think that is happening. There, there are so many, uh, even on the phone, like when you try to cancel your phone subscription, you call them up, but the person on the other end has a script they're reading to try to get you to stay with that phone company, Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so this stuff really made me sick, like completely sick of this nonsense. Uh, and it's much worse when you understand what's going on. It can really drive you crazy. Oh, yeah. No, and, and it is, it's, it's as physical as it is mental. That's why I believe that as people, and, and I, I feel the same, the same experience from you. I, I find with my social media, as people go too passive aggressive, as they go too attacking, as they go too dominant, I, I turn them off or I unfollow them. I, I don't want that in my life. I don't want that in my daughter's life. I don't want that in my wife's life. I, I look at certain products and when I see people that begin to change their message or get out of, get out of this way of thinking, that do you, I mean, I ask people, I'm like, do you want to be unhealthy when it comes to your online reputation, your online sales, your online, well, I'm supposed to do this. And Tony Robbins said this and Gary Vee said that said, they're telling you success stories. They're telling you 25% of what they actually did. And right now they're, they're pushing you. So what I've, what I've changed to is stating you have to do what, what best suits you. But if you want to create something healthy, if you want to share, if you truly want to engage then this is a better model and more people like you, like me, people that are tired of all ages mm. will get to there. I, I see the exact same thing as you with that Amazon thing. Mm. I always make it very easy. And I, and I tell even the biggest clients, I say, you're gonna send out an email. I'm not a big fan of email lists, but if you're gonna send out an email, make sure that unsubscribe button is right there and easy. Make it so that when somebody comes to you, not only do they feel comfortable with you, but it almost allows them to say, hey, I wanna be healthier online. The, the arguments that we have, the way that people attack each other, the way that two people can't share opinions anymore, 
they, 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 it's it's no longer a, well I like this and you like that or I like this and I don't like that it's now I have to tell you what's right mm-hmm. we've turned into a toxic culture across all of our cultures across all of our borders so if we bring back the opinion if we preface even inside of our marketing not saying this will ma- I'm, I'm working with a vitamin company and at first they came with a whole bunch of lines about how like they were the answer. And I said, you're a family company. Stop making claims. Mm-hmm. Share what you want to do. Share why you do what you do. Share about your children. Let's invite people into your story as opposed to, you know, as opposed to forcing somebody's story down them, you know, down their throat. I told, we, we worked from a simple standpoint. We switched out their messaging so that and this is one I can mention, they're still new, is their tagline is nourishing supplements for healthy living and happy minds. Mm -hmm. Their one-liner, before they were pushing, it's the number one this, it has to be this. Now their one-liner, their long sentence, daily replenishing vitamins for health-minded families choosing to balance and supplement their individual vitality and nutritional requirements. In that are a whole bunch of keywords explaining it's replenishing for those that want that want to go more healthy. It's not saying everybody needs. And then it's do you want to balance and supplement your own strength and your own diet? So that becomes an invite over here's our number one supplement that will make you younger, that'll make you better, that'll make you better, and, and making a whole bunch of statements that are, you know, not they're they're subjective, they're not true. Yeah, yeah, there could be a place. I think you're right. I think I think many many of us have grown up or have been living with this uh, non bullshit advertising for such a long time now that we are really there is a place in the market now for genuine claims, being honest, right? It's 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 what you can do now to stand out from the crowd is to not be a liar and just sort of, you know and yeah that that message if it's a family business yeah push that. You know, yes, we're we're just a family business. We're selling supplements that will that will try to fit fit it to your needs. You know, you know, we want to make your life better. We're not we're not going to make you younger and sexier, right? We're going to give you the supplements you need to be healthy and have a healthier life. You know, maybe live. You know, maybe um, you know, I suppose live longer and be happier, but. But not like young and sexy and anti-aging and that those kind of claims. That they're such like lowball claims, you know, such oh, um, yeah. so manipulative. <laughs> it, and, and that's the thing when we get when we get away from those claims, and we start, you know, and we can even make fun of them, and that engages people. I'm, I'm working with a, it's a CBD company outside of uh, uh, outside of Los Angeles, and instead of them screaming CBD is the future, CBD is the future, which it may be. With, with certain elements, they're saying, here's some effects that we have, we all inside of our bodies have an endocannabinoid system. Mm. So our body, all of our bodies are ready to accept and made to accept CBD. It's a question of whether you want to accept it. It's a question of whether you're, you enjoy it, you get a result. And so we, and his, his product line, we renamed the product line. It's now called Make No Claims. It's make no claims CBD products. So the lip balm doesn't say, oh, it's going to make your lips feel better. It's going to make this. It's going to, it, it's going to lip repair. It's going to do all these things. It's going to moisturize. It's just stating it's the make no claims lip balm, uh, CBD infused lip balm. And here are your peppermint and your lavender choices. You may experience healing, softening. We promise nothing. 
we ask you to try. And the sales are already starting to go up. We tested one. My wife tested one. She loves it. And she's like, well, you should write this, this, and this. I said, no. I, I said, that's your experience. So we're trying to make it to honor customers and realize different people different people have different effects. Different people will experience different things. And when we respect and honor our audiences, our, honor, our honorable audiences will grow to respect us and not feel like we're another tired brand, you know, forcing advertising down their throat. It sounds fantastic. It really, it really does. And I, I kind of wish that every business in the world was just like that. Um, it's uh, not going to happen. Uh, but but it's it but it's like um, it's like it's not because this is great to hear that there are people in the business world who are trying to actually change this and and stop you know trying to do you know real business like genuine business and and trying to sell a a product that will actually help people and yes make money from it and profit to make a living right and try to make lots of money but but without hurt without having a negative. Net, a net negative on the world you know you, I, I mean I mean okay how I don't understand how people can be okay with advertising bullshit like like you said don't they have to tell their family what they do for a living don't they have to tell their friends what they do why are they okay with this now part of the reason is uh, well well one crazy reason is that many people who work in the media are actually psych sociopaths Right, and they they actually have no problem with this. They don't feel guilty whatsoever. Um, now it sounds crazy, but actually it's true. Um, there are a high number of, of sociopathic people working in media and advertising. Absolutely, and they, and they have no problem <laughs> no problem with doing this. The guilt is not um, an emotion they feel. Um, and then aside from that, you have the justif the other, which is probably more prevalent, is self justification, right? Because you can tell yourself lies and you can justify. Um, so self, okay, self justification is like a pyramid, right? You start at the top of the pyramid, and you make your choice. Am I going to sell this bullshit product? Am I, I going to advertise for McDonald's and, and help them to uh, sell their obesity causing food? Now you've got two two uh, choices, and let's say you say no. And you, what you do is imagine you slide down this pyramid and you end up all the way on the left. And you think, wow, you know, I would never do that for McDonald's. That's at the end of your journey down the pyramid, you end up think, thinking, I would never advertise for McDonald's. On the other hand, if you take the other option at the top of the pyramid and you slide down, yes. Um, well, eventually you have to keep lying to yourself and justifying it. Now, by, by the time you're at the end of the bottom of the pyramid, you will actually say things like, well, McDonald's is a, a lawful company and we, uh, you know, what we, what we do is legal. And, uh, and uh, you know, we are providing food for people and that's good and we're providing jobs, right? So, so it's okay to advertise for McDonald's because of those things. Right? And this is what the people really believe that advertising for McDonald's is perfectly fine. That's that's what they'll go. That's how psychology works, right? That's what they'll be thinking. Uh, providing jobs, providing food, things like that. When in reality, I mean, I think McDonald's is clearly a net negative on the world. I mean, I mean, you could go as far to call it kind of evil, you know. Um, absolutely but the people who are working for them, they have they are self justifying and they 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 think they they've told themselves they're doing something that's okay when it's not true yeah. 
Absolutely. It's, it's, the, it's the cognitive bias that we have now, we've accepted it. What, what you said in the beginning, uh, and I, I, we're completely on the same page, James. Mm. I, I, it saddens me to see how people accept certain things. The, the thing is, though, for what I'm trying to do with businesses and for the businesses that are interested, I'm not trying to start a revolution. Mm. I'm not trying to change people's minds. I'm only trying to work with those that want to create the change for themselves, for their products, and for the customers that they want to attract. Will this take over a McDonald's-style campaign? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Could it be one step and one business that slowly begins to change, that begins to feel better about itself? I did things in the music business and TV businesses that I'm ashamed of. Mm-hmm. In what we did inside of messaging, in, in what we did with television shows, in how we made people think. It made me feel sick. I'm 45 years old, James. I look younger now than I did 10 years ago when I was at 35. Because what I do now, it makes me feel good. I'm proud to tell my daughter what I do, how I do it. I love waking up in the morning. I love connecting with people like you where it's media versus reality. The more conversations that we have, the more experiences that we have, the more that people hear where this is going, where it can go. I mean, maybe it's one listener out of all of your listeners on your podcast that goes, you know what? I'm not going to get this product. I'm going to look for something a little bit different. Then it's one person and then it becomes a slow effect. It's not, some of these people are out there, they wanna change the entire world, and yet they can't change their their approaches inside of their own bedroom. Mm -hmm. With us taking small steps, and some of these, like I said, some of my clients are million dollar companies. Some of my clients, they're scraping together cash to go over an hour consult. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that they're committing to saying, I wanna be healthier in my mind, in my word, in my honor, in my products. And if we are healthy and we are attracting with authority and authenticity and not just trying to play the game that McDonald's and Coca-Cola and these massive companies have, people are catching on. It might not be you know, in the largest numbers, but it's enough for people to be successful, for people to sustain, for people to work in a way and become wealthy in their own right. They won't become an Amazon. They won't become a Walmart. They won't become a Target or, you know, something that big. But if we start to create this impact, people, the people like you and I that are tired of being told what to feel, what to like, what to do, where to go. For the people like you and I that realize, hey, you know what? They're pulling this, it, it, it's it's that dark element. This is too much of a pain in the butt, so I'm not gonna go through unsubscribing. I'll just continue to get these things. Slowly, people will grow a strength and desire for something a little bit better than what they've been accepting for so long. Yeah, pe- people have been, ah, yeah, pe- people, this is the thing. I think I, I really hope that the public is getting wise to this stuff. Um, that's what I'm trying to teach teach people. Uh, so you're you are focused, I think, on the bit more on the business owners, right? Which is great. I'm I'm focused on just the people and trying to trying to get them to understand all the different tricks that are being played on them all the time. There are too many people who are just so clueless. To, to what is happening, the messaging they're getting day by day. And they just, people have to wake up, you know, um, if we're going <laughs> to continue on. And it, yeah, you're right. So you're like, you, even if it's one person who listens to this podcast and 
and changes the way they think, well, that person is a node, is what you might call a node in a network, right? They are they are next to like ten other people. And if they tell that to one other person, they are next to another ten people, right? And every, everybody's linked. So even if it's just one person, it's great. Actually, I wanted to ask you about something in particular, and that is, you when you like you said when you were thirty five, you were working for these companies doing unethical things. Now you don't have to tell us exactly what it was, but maybe you can tell us like I want to hear like the journey of somebody who gets into this kind of business and then starts to go down this unethical path for themselves like like what happened to you with your career path into this industry well if, if i can just add one thought off of what you said and then i'll answer that okay. what you're doing to me is more important than what i'm doing and i i, I state this this way and, and again it's why i reached out to you with with your podcast there's so many podcasts out there but it's just oh let me listen to let me tell you my review of a movie or let me just tell you another feeling or here's another true crime whatever (laughs) what your what you create the awareness of the public becoming coming into a place of understanding about how the media is treating people that's that's the large scale impact now i can i can work with this company and i have a couple clients not many and slowly other clients will come this way. But it's more so to the people that as people begin to watch an ad and say, I'm going to look deeper than that. I'm going to vet this. I'm going to practice some due diligence. I'm going to walk away from this. You know what? When I get done with that, that doesn't feel good. Your impact and the impact of people like you to go to people and say, not, not tell them you're wrong in your thinking. But invite them to say, "Here's why I see this as wrong." It's all, it, it, and, and it's objectively wrong. I'm, I'm not saying it's it's not, but I'm saying as you begin to invite and showcase the examples, and here's where it's going on inside of um, in, inside of social media, inside of online dating, mm-hmm. inside of pornography, inside of video games, how the news is being put together. You, as an identifier, are the are the person that's opening eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, as they begin to shift and see, oh wait, this business is doing that. That's great, but your your effect and the way that you can cast a net to open minds is really important. So I just I wanted to mention that, and I'll, I'll, I'll your your other question, I I went from drumming, and I was I was what you call a ghost drummer. Hmm. So, and this is part of where media lies. Yeah. It wasn't always Ringo Starr on the Beatles. There, there was somebody that would come in later and clean up for what he couldn't play. That's what I did. So the really good-looking boy band, you know, the, the drummer couldn't hit it. I would come in in the middle of the night. I would sign away rights. They would get to use his name, but it would be me on the track. And there was a joke. There was a guy at a record label when, in, in the early 90s, and he said, look, man, you're tall, you're hairy, you're scary. You'll never <laughs> be a rock star or a pop star, but I can get you gigs to play with all of them. You're just going to be in the studio, and no one's ever going to know. And I was like, okay, okay. So in in watching from behind the scenes how bands were manipulated, especially how the boy bands were manipulated, how how television shows from you know contestant shows to different shows, they go, we're gonna make we're gonna make 
America's going to vote for this person. This is how we're going to create this. This is how we're going to create that. It's, I, I tell people, I'm not going to say the shows I've worked with, but don't go on American Idol. Don't go on The Voice. Don't go on these America's Got Talent shows. They, they're not finding the person with the best talent. They're finding a, a cast of people that they don't really have to pay that much so that they can get the ratings. Mm-hmm. So the 10, it was a little over, I mean, it was more than 10 years ago. Um, but I mean, it was really, it was a shift. Um, it was a shift where I just, I experienced, I was, I was doing a project and I was seeing all the negativity behind it. And I was, I'd gone into messaging and they, I was hired to work in messaging because I'd been in entertainment and I knew the tricks and I, I hadn't grown up in a mar- I never got a marketing degree. I didn't go to college. I dropped out and became a drummer, but I, I knew all the inside stuff. But then in shifting and saying, okay, we'll just say this, we'll use this. Okay, this, this event is coming up. Here's how we exploit this and exploit in a negative way. And there was one day that I got up and I, I had an experience where, that I can't go too far into, but it was supposed to be a big win. It was a whole bunch of money. It was a whole bunch of exposure. It was a whole bunch of popularity and sales for a, a, a given brand. I threw up because I knew it wasn't real. And, and everything like what you shared earlier on, I used to say, this is BS, this, is B- this isn't real, this is fake, this is that. I experienced it for myself, and the thing that made me physically ill and sick was the fact that I, I become a part of it. And that was the time when I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. And as I was shifting out of the music industry, and I wrote, and I wrote my second book specifically with that in mind, I wrote a book that which it was, the transition out of the music industry and doing more stuff inside of business messaging of stating, okay, it's the artist's guide to success in the music business. And the whole book was saying, you define your success through your parameters. Here's the truth, here's experiences. Take them as you see them. With this information, do with it as you will. And then as I got into messaging and I looked at different campaigns and ads and saying, okay, how do we put this together? I felt better. I I slept better at night. Money, I mean, maybe the money went, the money was less, but it was better money. It wasn't dirty money. And it's grown, it's grown me into a lifestyle. I never thought I was going to have a wife. I never thought I was going to have a kid. I never thought I'd leave LA. I, I, I kind of got just, I got wrapped up into it. And now I live in Florida. I have a four-year-old daughter. I have a wife. I have a lifestyle. It's not, it's not wealthy. I don't live in a, a mansion or anything. But I live a lifestyle that I'm proud of, that I'm proud to share with my wife and my daughter. And I believe more advertisers and more business people and more marketing people, just like you said, as they shift and you watch them and they get crazy, they just, they see it as, hey, I don't know if this is a good thing. If you get this to this point and we get this Nielsen level or we get this or we get this kind of return, you'll get this kind of bonus. The people inside of the greed are some of the heaviest psychopaths because it's now all about the money. They don't, they're, they, you know, they condone drug dealers, they condone addicts, and yet they're creating people that are toxified and addicted to their ads and their products. I mean, I mean, it's it's all over, it's all over the place. Uh, uh, addictive apps, addictive food, addictive games. Uh, I mean, don't even know where to start. Um, but uh, addictive news articles causing outrage, but. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like this was a great choice to leave this industry and you're probably much happier now, you know, getting out and living, you know, living a true life, you know, where you don't have to lie, you don't have to, you know, sell nonsense, you can sell something you believe in. And and it's like, 
I, I feel like, you know, you can make so much money, but there's only so much money can buy. Like, yes, you can buy a nice big house. You can, you can buy certain things, but, um, but you, you definitely can't buy a clear conscience and you can't buy, you know, a happy family, stuff like that. You know, I think they found out you only need so much money to be happy, right? The limit is something like the upper limit is about 200 grand a year or 100 grand a year or whatever just to be comfortable and you don't have to pay, be worried about bills and above that, people don't actually get any happier. In fact, they often get less happy as they accumulate more and more money. Um, I want to ask you about this because I'm really interested in your experiences inside. Like when you were in the industry... Obviously, you 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 had a realization where you didn't want to do it anymore. What were your colleagues like? What was your boss like? And like, what was like the work environment or the work culture like while you were in there? Well, I was I was a freelancer because of coming from music and TV. I could work from wherever I wanted to work. I was doing speaking. I was uh, I was a little bit so I wasn't you know I was reporting to some people but i watched people um walk away from me very quickly and when i was living when i was living in la and i made this decision to say i I can't do this and i mean it it turned from people that were treating me like their best friend every day to they didn't want to know me Mm. and my i mean i was offended at first and then it was the thought of wait a minute I'm doing something that's true and from the heart and for the soul and for good. And now you're turning away from me. And I went from being offended by that to going, okay, this is someone I don't need in my life. And I, I was angry for a while. I, I got really angry with the way that people were acting. I mean, I got, I got shut out for a moment and watching people just go, you're going to, you know, you're going to fail miserably. And I mean, it was, I mean, it was attack on attack. And, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, if you're doing it right and you're doing for good, how can it fail? It might take longer. It might not be this. And even what you come back to, people, they don't understand. Success means a lot of different things and wealth means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. The people that are sitting out there trying to advertise so they can get millions and millions as opposed to, like you said, that $200,000 a year or whatnot. There's certain people that I, I, I got one client, all he wants to do is about 85 grand a year after taxes. And he would live just the dream lifestyle and where he was working with people inside of his advertising and messaging, trying to turn him into a millionaire. He's like, I just want to make a little over a hundred K a year. He goes, and then that's everything I need. I got another client. He's opening up a, he's building a massive business. And it's something I ask of every client. What is a success point for you? I want to know exactly the lifestyle that you want, what you need, what you don't need, where your debts are. Let's figure this out. And this other guy is like, I don't need to make more than 150 a year. That would be that would be a dream. And those people tend to tend to work better and they work from the heart. It's not saying, okay, maybe you might make a little bit more. Maybe you might do a little bit better. Maybe you might be able to have these extra things. But do you like you said, do you really need them? And then I have another friend, he's up in the Massachusetts area. He makes millions of dollars, but he then spends it and he's in debt because of it because he thinks he has to continue to keep up with that. But but I'm sorry, back to your main thing. It was it was people, it was a mixture of people saying, you know, you know, we're we're done with you to this will never work, to I mean, the the, the people that advertise, they they're advertising to sheep. They hate their audiences. I said, we don't have to hate our audiences. They're like, no, no, they're, they're fools. And this is how we're going to make money. I said, so, so you're, you're dishonoring them 
We can we can honor our audiences. We can market and engage people like they would be our friends. And so, yeah, it is it is a it was a dirty world. It was watching people just attack and they're like, well, he's wrong about this. I had a very large scale business coach. Uh, He he attacked me on Twitter because my book was not a New York Times bestseller like his was. And it was it was this guy, Gary Vanderchuck. And we're we're we were going back. He was adding some things. We were going back and forth on a uh, on a Twitter thing. It was, he was just angry. This was like 2015, 16. And then he's like, well, you know what? You're, you know, I have three best selling books. I said, so you're trying to back up a fact by saying you have a best selling book. I said, plenty of people buy fiction. I said, I said, as opposed to having an argument about what we're arguing about, you have to argue about popularity and accolades. I'd rather argue the fact and the opinions and the views. And that's when, I mean, it was easier and easier to walk away. Sorry, long answer there. <laughs> no, it's, it's fantastic. It's fun. It's fantastic answer. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've, 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 like I said, I've always been on the outside of this, but I, I can only guess just from their actions, just the lack of ethical behavior, right? Or even giving a shit like what, what happens to their customers or anything like that like it seems to be i often say that the media is psychopathic right because absolutely because this is what this is the reason why okay every even there are psychopaths but we think that's about one percent of the population by the way sociopaths and psychopaths we think that that's what the psychologists are telling us about one percent that's a lot of people um that's a lot of people but the average person can also act in a psycho or sociopathic way. And this is when you are very much detached from people. So you have your your business and you have your customers there over there, right? You don't know them. You've never seen them, um, which, which allows you to have no empathy or caring about them whatsoever, right? Because you don't have any emotional attachment to them because they are just so distant from you psychologically, and this this is why you can people feel okay when they sell junk food that will kill people. They people used to sell cigarettes to people, right? When people sell uh, apps that will consistently take your attention, mess with your attention, and ruin your attention span, um, uh, steal your identity. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, steal your data, right? Jesus, apparently that's nobody has any problems doing that. Apparently that's fine. Uh, yeah, we're just going to take all your data. So I did. Well, I wonder if there was anyone in a meeting saying, you know, put their hand up, like, sir, like, do you think maybe we shouldn't take everyone's data? <laughs> you know, <laughs> shut up, Timmy, get the fuck out of here, right? Like, like, apparently no one has any problem. Like, uh, another example is there are fo- there are now photo retouching apps like Facetune and things like this that allow you to completely remodel your own face it's available to 13 year old girls and younger um and nobody thought to put an age limit or really cared if you know young girls got body dysmorphia from this kind of app um social social media sites don't care if they're causing depression in teenage girls uh you know fashion i could i could go on literally for about seven hours before i ran out of ideas um, and it just seems like the people working on the inside of these industries they just don't care about people, and they're so just so unethical. You know, it's it's just crazy. Um, so it's good to hear 
I guess confirmed what I suspect is that people in media and advertising are often just, you know, just bad people. You know, I, I, I think <laughs> well, I, I try I try not to call them. I mean, there there are some bad people there. My and 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 I see it. I I think what I try to do is uh, from that angle is saying, open up and look at what you're doing, and and ask people to ask people to have a level of accountability. And then from there, it's their choice if they're going to do something or not do something about it. I see, I mean, I was telling somebody the other day, so there's there's an app and it, it I was talking to people about what we allow for permissions. And there was a particular app that a whole bunch of people were downloading. And I said, I know you don't read terms and conditions, but in the terms and conditions, you allow them, as you attach them to Twitter, you allow them to see your tweets, tweet for you, follow, mute, or block people, post and delete unlike like reply to tweets create and manage lists and send direct messages on your behalf looking like it's you i'm like why would anyone want to allow that and yet you know and and i sent i sent a very gentle letter to the individual that had this app i said i don't understand why you need all of this control right now in this app i get that you want certain amounts of data and you have to do certain things but this really seems immoral and I got back, you know, just it was the the script line of going, oh, we're not going to do any of these things. We would never do that to our customers. If you're not going to do that to your customers, why, you know, why do we need to allow you the opportunity to? So, I mean, it, it really part of it, like you said, it, it, it begins with you and it begins with, me, you know, media versus reality. It begins with people being awakened, being educated, being empowered. Then it goes to the businesses and, the, and where people begin to stand up. And this is, you know, take it back to the big business, a TV show that no, or a radio show on, on, on the largest level. The best thing you can do to make something go away is to no longer talk about it. In L.A., the whole thing, and, and I mean, this goes all the way back to, I was in Korea for a couple of years on a project, and we will, I mean, the same thing, I mean, the same rules were in Seoul as they were in Hollywood. If you sat there and said, okay, this is awful, and the Kardashians are this, and this show is that, and this is terrible, you're still creating media. Negative media, negative attention is still attention, and it still draws people. The best thing that we can do as people, not as businesses, is to just not talk about them anymore and then move from there. Well, yes, we can identify and sit here and talk about the McDonald's and talk about these issues, but the more, the less focus, less focus from the positive and the negative, then the focus drifts away. It's some of the, I mean, some of these companies, and I've done this for companies before, there was the beginning of negative media attention, so we went even more negative. And from going more negative about our own, the own brands that we were working on, it brought the attention and then it brought more people to them. If you want to see something go away in mainstream media, and this is Vietnam, this is Europe, this is the US, South America, Canada, Japan, anywhere, stop talking about it and they disappear. The problem that we have, we've been programmed into in certain ways is we sit there and we set up this complaints and this anti this and this anti that. And yet in the in the psychology of it and the psycho elements of these people, they're getting the attention they want, positive or negative. It allows them to stay around. Yeah, that's exactly right, because all attention is um, all publicity is good publicity. I've got the perfect I've got the perfect example for this, right? So there there was an advert going around about four years ago. I don't know if you had it in the US, but it was a big billboard, 
right? And it said uh, it had this girl in a bikini who had like a really skinny body, and it said, uh, um, "Are you beach body ready?" Right? <laughs> yep. Do, do you remember this one? Do you remember I this? Do. Yes. So, so this is what this is what happened in this story. So this is a very provocative advert, right? So what happened is a lot of uh, women and feminists and people like that. They really hated this advert, so what they did is they sort of wrote messages on the board. I think I don't think this happened in the U.S., but it definitely happened in Australia and Britain. Um, so they wrote messages, uh, graffitied over it, and then they took pictures of themselves and put themselves on Twitter, and it started this this whole Twitter trend of of destroying these adverts, right? And all these women were were telling themselves, "Oh, look, we've done such a great job. Look, we we are we are destroying the advert. You know, we're smashing the." smashing the patriarchy we're smashing the the big you know we're doing something good for people and that's what they felt but what what nobody understood i mean what what was the effect of this was it that the sales went down for the advert no what happened is that after because of this massive movement on twitter this advert got low like so much free publicity and so much free exposure and what happened is the sales spiked like crazy you know, more and more people were exposed to the advert. So more and more people went to this. It was proteamworld.com. So the sales shot up because of these women's protests. And they, they thought they were hurting the brand when in fact they're doing exactly the marketing guys were so happy with what was happening, right? Um, so what happened is that people went to Protein World on Twitter and and tried to start sending them abusive messages, right? You shouldn't have this advert. This is disrespectful. And what actually happened is that the Twitter PR guys, they made a decision to actually just respond in the most obnoxious way they possibly could, <laughs> right? And, and, and so what they said, that some, of the, uh, some of the replies, uh, tweets were like, um, you know, you know, something like, well, you're just jealous because you could have and never have a body like that. Wink, wink. Stuff like that. And that drew even more outrage and more publicity for this brand, right? So, so they didn't, they didn't their, their decision was not to back away and apologize for the advert, but to just step right into it. And, and just because they could see the trend that was happening and just, just act completely obnoxious and, and start gloating and, you know, talk. I think they made comments like, you know, I think these these protesters are crazy, like messed up in the head. They're crazy. You know, if they want, they should just go to the gym, stop eating so much cakes, right? If they want this body. <laughs> and it worked. It worked like a charm. The story got on CNN. It got on got on mainstream news. It got everywhere, right? And this was all from just, just enjoying the bad publicity. So the problem is these girls, these women that graffitied the advert, they... People don't understand how advertising works. They thought they would help, you know, hurting the company, but in fact, they were just helping it because they're just providing negative publicity. It doesn't matter. It's still attention. So like you said, just stop talking about it. Don't talk about it. Don't give them attention. Right. Yeah. Talk about. I mean, when, when I invite people or when I when I speak, I I try not to use the name of certain brands. I, I I tend to say, okay, I want to bring these things out. You you probably are familiar with this kind of thing. I mean, we did. What, what you're talking about is textbook. We did it with a reality show. There was a particular contestant that was on a reality show that was a client of mine, and he was about to get voted off. And they said, okay, we need we you know we're going to pay you to keep him to reach a certain level. And so I contacted a very famous radio show here in um, 
here in the States. And we, the, the approach that we used was, wouldn't it be funny if you started a voting campaign against this show? This show just sucks. You know, it, and, and they didn't know that I was, you know, strategizing for the show. This show just stu- just sucks. Let's vote this guy up because he's just the worst and we'll make him win. And I mean, that would totally show them. They ate up on that. Yeah. And, then, and then the next thing you know, from there, from there, all of a sudden it became this humongous thing. And they thought, oh, we're, you know, we moved him up the ranks and look at the effect that we have and we're just destroying stuff. And it's, no, you were, you brought free, uh, you know, you brought free advertising, you brought free marketing. And had we done placement or advertising on that show, it would have been a quarter million dollars. And we got that for free. So, you know, it, it, and again, not a time I'm exactly proud of, but it, it, it's something that as we realize and going, okay, when we want to protest a brand or a business, the, the, like you said, the silence is more deafening and is louder than to sit out there and put up complaint things and do this because these people, like you said before, they, they are psychopaths and they're coming from the most negative state and you want to go negative on them, they will use it. They will exploit it and they will go further with your negativity to sell and reach more people. Yeah, that's exactly right. A few a few things I'm reminding you is Chick-fil-A was another one I noticed a few years back where they came out against uh, gay marriage, I think, right, publicly. And, you know, they, people got, they got supposedly bad publicity, but actually they're just getting loads of attention right um so another so there's some really famous examples of this kind of like you brand manipulation i don't know if you i'm sure you've heard this story with this the tobacco industry back in 1920 something like that it was um what's his name i can't remember the famous pr guy the fa- the father of public relations his name is It'll come to me later. So what he did is he he wanted to... They had a problem with tobacco, with cigarettes, right? So uh, men were smoking cigarettes because they did during World War One, right? So they were smoking. But the problem is that there was a big taboo in the society against women smoking at the time, right? So people did... people Women that smoked, people would think they were unladylike and masculine, right? So what did they do? The, the they went to this guy, the PR guy. It was I think it was Marlboro. And it was Lucky Strikes, I think. And they said, "Look, there's a t- there's a taboo against women smoking. Is there anything you can do to change this?" And he said, "Well, I'll think about it." And what he did is he went to one of these big parades. I think it was in New York or or somewhere, and he gave these feminists uh, cigarettes. Right to hold and and walk and smoke during the parade. Now back then this was really provocative. You know there was oh my god I can't believe women shouldn't be doing that. And then he he told the press that there was going to be women smoking there and there was going to be a big event. So the press doesn't want to miss a story like that, right? So all all the press were ready with their cameras to capture the event, and it happened exactly as planned. And the women the women was there smoking. <sighs> You know, on the camera, the the press all took pictures of it. It's such a provocative event. So all the newspapers published it the next day, right? And what happened? Well, well, cigarettes became a symbol of power and and uh, independent, um, you know, rebelliousness, right? So it, <laughs> so that's what happened. And the women, you know, they they were fighting for women's rights, and part of that was was starting to smoke, right? Because of this, what this PR, this genius. Um, 
Edward Bernays, that's his name, Edward Bernays, um, because of his genius strategy. And, and now cigarettes became a symbol of rebelliousness for women, whereas before his campaign, they were seen as, as bad. So, so he, that's what he, he pulled. He was absolute genius, and that's what he pulled off. And, and it's, you know, it's just the way that people, even today, that message sticks that he did back in 1920. Men as well. Men were more manipulated by the Marlboro Man and other yeah. adver- adverts like that. But for women, it really was back from back then in 1920. And you know, women will will be there with their cigarettes, smoky and feeling like such a rebel. It's like, well, why have you linked the idea of a cigarette to rebelliousness? Because a cigarette is not rebellious in in and of itself. It's just a nicotine stick, right? But because of the yep. marketing that surrounded it and the stunt from back in 1920 that has echoed through to today, people still feel like a rebel when they're smoking because of that campaign, right? And yes, for the men, it was the Marlboro Man and they were linked masculinity to smoking. And again, today, people still feel like they're like a real man when they, when they take a toke of that cigarette because, because of the marketing, you know. Absolutely. It, it has this effect and, you know, mix that with people that would completely argue and, and arguing correctly. I have no effect to this. I have no effect to this. Yeah. Why do you think this is cool? Why does yeah. that represent something to you? It, it's we have. I mean, it's not just educating. You bring up a really good point. We have to break down and almost retrain minds to go back to thinking for themselves mm. to break away from the toxic parts of, of media. For for someone that just I I love this because my dad loved it because this was this because this was that we well, I, I did a campaign for a while with a um, a natural weed killer, and I, we we separated ways because it was just so negative. This guy's like this this stuff has hormone killing things. This is hormone. This is awful. And if you're using this this product, you know you're you're killing the environment. You're her- you're poisoning your kids. You're doing this. Your grandparents were stupid for using this in their gardens. It was like it was so negative. And it's saying, okay, you want to change minds. Now you're calling this person's dad and grandfather terrible. You're saying that you're doing awful things to your children. They're immediately blocking. Now maybe um, I wanted to see the, the campaign switch to we've learned many things over a number of years. We drive different types of cars. We eat different types of foods. And now when it comes to weed killing and taking care of you know our yards and our environments, there's some other things we can learn. And they just, they would not go with that. It was, I mean, it was a completely different angle. It was like, and I said, look, you, you, you've got to invite, and, and he was completely right. I mean, he had all the proof, he had all the objective proof, but I said, if, if we don't slowly invite people to the truth, they are so trained to not hear the truth, they'll never get there. Yeah, that's right. That they'll just want to block it out. Exactly. Um, look, look. It's been a great time speaking to with you. Honestly, um, I, we'll probably wrap it up in just uh, pretty soon. Okay. Um, now it was it was great. Do you have any sort of last words that that, that you anything? I mean, obviously, we could we could go on for much longer. Um, but but I mean, <laughs> we we can't have the podcast being six hours or seven hours. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I, I think let me very uh, I'll summarize it uh, summarize it quickly. There were four key points, and and again, I think the point and the the anchor and the hub starts with you. It's reaching people, and so if people can look at advertising and look at media 
and just be able to say, okay, let's look at what we're subjectively being told and objectively being told. Let's look at where are they pushing opinions as facts and where are they actually presenting facts? Can we see that being backed up? That's one thing. Also to understand the difference between intention and perception. What is the intention that they have? Allow your perception of what they're saying to feel for you. If, if something feels off in some advertising campaign, let it feel off. It doesn't matter if it's popular. Let it feel off. Does it feel better to walk away from a product, to unfollow a site, to, not, to no longer do something? Then that might be what fits you best. So it's, it's, it's not changing overnight and, and you know fasting from media and the hype and certain places where it lies. It's taking slow steps each day to question what you're being told, the validity of it, the truth of it, and the lies of it as well. And by taking those small steps and not making it into one thing, you may find a better experience on social media. You may separate yourself from apps. You may take time off your phone. In closing, one of the things that I do, and I do this myself, I turn off my phone every weekend and computer for 24 to 48 hours, depending on what connections I have to make. Where I will, I mean, the other weekend, I 4.30 in the afternoon, I turned off my phone. I checked it for messages Sunday at 4.30, and, and then, you know, turned it off again and came back Monday. When we disconnect and we fast from media and marketing, it can help clear our heads to see some of the attack of media and marketing. And from there, we can disconnect where we don't. So even if it's 24 hours and a certain time, 48 hours, and get off your phone and get off your computer if you can, try stepping away from it. Take a breath see what feels like. And in that feeling, as you come back to media, try to slowly connect with better feeling in the media, in the marketing, in the experiences that you're having and disconnect and remove those that are giving you bad experiences. Absolutely. Great way to wrap it up. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and, last, and that's it. Last talking to James. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful talking with you. Thank you so much. And oh, uh, do you have any, um, you have a book, right? Is that right? You said you have a book. You know what, James? I, I, I have a book on the music industry, but this is this is a conversation for us. Uh, there's more about me at laurenwiseman.com, but more so, it's it, it's media. I mean, it, it's 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 your it's your podcast here. This is where people need to tune into, and they do need to tune into more conversations, and they need to question it. This this isn't about me, and I'm not selling anything. I, I'm just I'm thrilled to have a conversation with you. That's that's fantastic. Uh, makes perfect sense, Dan, like that. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Dan. So thanks for thanks for listening, guys. And I really hope you enjoyed it. And that's it. Thank you. See you later. <laughs>